Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Show. I'm Dr. Tim Pierce. Hi, I'm Miranda Pierce. And tonight we are talking tonight. And today we are talking about. Doesn't matter what time it is. <laughs> Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Show. I'm Dr. Tim Pierce. Hi, I'm Miranda Pierce. And today we're talking about danger points in the face. We're actually going to do a three-part series. And in this first one, we're talking about the six deep danger points. These are the areas that are really crucial to know exactly how to find them so that you don't inject them, so that you don't unnecessarily injure your patients. There's no necessary injury for your patients, but you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you can avoid it, then why not? Why would we inject these areas? So every part of the face has a reason to inject. So there are indications to inject literally every part of your ear, of your of your face, from your earlobe to your forehead. <laughs> there might be a reason why you need to add some volume there, but we have to respect the anatomy. And this is what happens to injectors. There's a lot of places where you might want to put a needle for an aesthetic result that causes an unnecessary or a particularly dangerous uh, complication risk. And so we're continuously making this judgment between what we'd like to achieve and what we, where we can actually inject and be safe at the same time. So there is literally no part of the face that you may not want to augment for some reason or the other, but there are lots of places where you wouldn't inject, even though you'd like to change them in some way. So what's the first danger area? So I thought we'd wor work our way down the face, starting at the top and working our way down to the bottom and then maybe laterally. But starting with the forehead, there are two arteries there we must be particularly careful of the supertrochlear and the superorbital arteries. And these basically supply the forehead and they come off from the orbital blood supply. So that's the key thing that makes them particularly dangerous. Now, the good thing about these arteries is you can often feel them. Certainly you can feel the notch where they emerge from. So supertrochlear super notch medially, superorbital foramen laterally. Um, you can often feel the, the bony shape and you can also sometimes feel a pulse in nervous patients or someone who's just slim. You can feel the pulse, pulsation. And these are blood vessels that come from the orbital blood supply and supply the forehead, which makes them particularly risky to understand because obviously they are also connected to the same blood supply as the retina. And that's what makes them particularly worth knowing about. Thankfully, we know where exactly where they are. And we know that if you inject deeply in that area, that's what's going to put you at risk. So it's an absolute no to putting a needle into that particular area at that depth. So periosteal injection around the orbital rim would be one of the worst techniques you could possibly employ. And we've got to if we are going to treat that area, we need to think of a safe way of doing it. Okay, so how how can we be safe? So safety is all around the anatomy. There are, there's lots of layers of anat of technique you can add on to this. Personally, I like to, wherever possible, inject away from the orbit. So you're pointing the needle in the opposite direction. And also depth is really important. Now, I know many injectors will be listening to this and thinking, oh, it's it's not worth the risk. There are lots of, there is an idea out there that it, you can't justify the risk of injecting here because of the potential risk of blindness. Many of us will know that it's the number one area for causing blindness. But the total risk for blindness is still very small. It's still a one in a million event. And the way I've always thought about injecting is we need to understand the anatomy and chip away at the risk and see how low we can get that risk. And there are actually multiple different things you can do to be safer in that area. Um, some of them, I won't give you a complete list for time, but it's you can, for example, always, as I said, point the needle away from the orbit. So that means the filler should be flowing away. Um, you could also compress the blood vessel while you're injecting. There's nothing to stop you putting a finger here, squashing that blood vessel so that the filler can't flow into the orbit. You can use products that you know aspirate. You can aspirate. You can, or most important of all is to inject superficially. You need to be injecting at a level where you know that you're not on the periosteum. So you're as far away from that artery as you can get. And 
I do think you should have a good justification for it because no matter what the benefits are, the risks are so big that you probably need more benefit to justify the risk. So, But I would say this is one of those areas that makes a really big difference to someone. If they've got a very deep frown line, people think they're cross the whole time, it really affects your communication with others. I think there's often a really good reason to take that risk. I've done hundreds of these. I've never had an occlusion. And the chance of blindness with a good technique with a small amount of filler at time is actually really, really, really small. So that's my personal opinion. I know many other injectors. I always say to injectors, you're the one who's in charge of your risk. You know, if you want to, whatever you feel comfortable with is what you should do. And there's no reason to take anyone else's lead on that. If you feel uncomfortable, don't do it. I'm quite clear in the way I understand the anatomy and with my injection technique that I can justify this treatment on a percentage of patients who want it. And then there's the forehead filler as well. Tell us a bit about that because that might be something that many people watching this don't even, not even trained to do. Yeah, so the the primary indication for treating around the glabella would be a crease, but you can actually augment that entire area. So you can add, you might masculinize a face, for example, by adding filler underneath the brow. You're creating a heavier brow ridge. Um, often it's, uh, I, I have quite a few Chinese clients who like to try and differentiate their orbit and they actually want a more dominant forehead for that reason. So um, it can be part of beautification. So you need a technique that's that's going to decrease the risk. And for those areas where you can, because you can actually add a huge amount of volume to the forehead if you're trained to do it. Some people even create a, a more projected forehead with you know six, seven, eight mils at a time. Um, that's quite a rare procedure for us in the UK, but I know it happens around the world. And what we would do would be use it, you'd be using a cannula primarily. And there's a lot of analog skill with cannula and safety that's worth thinking about is how gentle are you? What's the angle of entry? Um, are you checking the mobility of your cannula before you inject? Um, aspirating works with cannulas. Dr. Amy, who works uh, for us at Skin Viva, has proven that. She did a, little, a series of little experiments because I, I'd actually assumed that they probably wouldn't, wouldn't work. We tested it all and that works really well. So you can aspirate with certain products. And this is another thing that might affect your risk is which products are you using? Because if you're using a very thick product, aspiration isn't going to work. But if you're using a, a very low viscosity product, then you will be able to actually, it's one more thing. It's not. It's probably not going to guarantee safety. Nothing guarantees 100% safety, but it's going to make you one step closer, one, one more way to protect your patient. So using a cannula is another way that you might decrease the risk of treating that area. Chip away at the risk. So where's our next deep dangerous area? So infraorbital foramen, and this is just just medial to the mid-pupillary line. So we often, when injecting, we'll draw a line down the mid-pupil, and we know that everything medial to that is a little bit risky. You've also got the facial artery nearby. But really, we're, it's this little palpable area here. If you feel it on yourself, it usually feels a bit more tender because the nerve comes out with it as well. And we'll basically never place a needle there. It's the it's a branch of the maxillary artery. So if you were to occlude that, you're going to block much of the mid-face, uh, the blood supply, blood supply to the palate and to the to the hard and the soft palate and the nasopharynx all can be affected. So pretty nasty place to get an occlusion if you were to block that blood vessel. So deep injections there are an absolute no-no. Thankfully, if you're, if you're forgetful, your patient will remind you because the nerve is quite close by. So normally there would be a reaction, but there's never you wouldn't rely on that. You want to know your anatomy and stay out of that area. Okay, so guide us to how we can be safe. Um, the biggest er biggest way to be safe in this area is to mark out the area and then not to go near it for for any reason. Basically, there's there's very little reason. If you were if you were desperate to add some volume to that area, and there are faces that might need this certainly, then I would be very gently doing it with a cannula. So because it's very hard to tell where you are, 
um, you know, you might be in a branch of it. And I've seen an occlusion of this artery. I think we talked about it on a previous show where uh, someone injecting the nasolabial fold probably angled up slightly, hit a branch of the infraorbital artery and then caused this nasty occlusion. So if you're injecting in that area, I would be using a cannula at all if I was going to go anywhere near that. But it's actually very, very rare to need to go there. I think mostly we revolumize above it and laterally or inferior to it. Just to make it real for me, um, I had kind of here done, which was annoying me. I, actually, I don't even know whether it was done or maybe it was done higher up, but would that be an area of risk? Yeah, so we would have treated that with a cannula, but also superficial to where that foramen is. So, And this is probably the biggest way that you protect the infraorbital foramen is you stay superficial because there's plenty of fat in most people above that area and you'd have to be deep on the bone because it is a foramen. It's a fairly deep foramen. If you feel on your skull, you can actually feel the indentation. So you should know when you're above it. And being above it in the fat is a relatively safe place to be. So what's our next deep, dangerous area? So next on the list is the mental foramen. This is a, I think it's slightly smaller though. I haven't actually compared it on the same cadaver, but it's a little vessel that comes out parallel with your infraorbital artery. And it's just on the chin here. Often you can feel it as well, a little bit harder to feel, um, but there's a little uh, foramen in the skull there, which, uh, which is also an area to avoid. So what are the consequences if we go wrong here? So mostly it'll be superficial occlusion of the skin and the mentalis muscle. And it could also, if you inject enough, it is a branch of the inferior alveolar artery. So this is this means blood supply to the teeth and the floor of the the floor of the mouth could all be affected. So if you're injecting a high enough volume, it would be nasty. I don't think there's anywhere where you can inject enough filler into an artery and it not to be nasty. But this is the whole of the lower third of your of your jaw, effectively. Sorry, I don't understand the occlusion of the skin. You mean you- so. Occlusion of the, the blood supply is the blood supply to the skin on the outside, but that same artery comes through the the, the mandible. So it actually supplies the teeth as well. Right. So if you've just occluded superficially, so enough filler that your the branches of the external part of the artery are occluded, then you affect the skin. But if you've injected it so it flows all the way back, then you're going to include a, lot, a, lot, a much larger area, which would be much more nasty. Um, I'm not aware of that. I have seen a picture of someone with a necrotic tongue that uh, was really shocking, but I, I think that can happen for medical causes and it's a lot more likely that someone had a, had that happen for a medical reason rather than a, a dermal filler occlusion, which is how they portrayed it. I might be wrong on that. I never saw any details. I've never seen a proper case report. It was one of these social media pictures. Very, very scary. Was um, it black? Uh, this was, it was after it healed. So it, it, you just see missing tissue basically. Um, on a tongue. So in theory, enough filler into the into a blood vessel, you could go all the way back and, and affect the the tongue. But it's um it's very it's incredibly unlikely to do that at any scale. So but injecting high enough volumes, that's the area you might affect. Okay. So th- we would do this because we're just doing a chin treatment? What what? what yeah, so I? volumizing a chin, that's probably the main reason because you're adding volume. It's not in an area you tend to define mostly your focus is on projection of the chin or mm. restoration but you do inject over here to replace the fat pad so if you're injecting deep then it's a bit more likely it's quite a small vessel i think so i don't think it's that likely that you'll get into it but that's the area where if you did get into it that's where you get into it is that for the marionette line it's close to it, but not it's lateral by a centimeter to the marionette line for most most direct treatment it's more volumization of that area where you might be close to it so what can we do to prevent so knowing your anatomy, palpating, feeling for the foramen, um, 
putting small amounts in at a time, gauging how your patient responds. So using a cannula, I think, is probably safe in that area. Less trauma. I much prefer cannula in this area if I'm adding volume. So, um, but most importantly, as with all the all the muscle, all the arteries on this list, is not to inject deep onto the periosteum in this area. Thankfully, it, you do have the protection if you were to go too deep that you probably hit the nerve as well. But don't rely on that. Know your anatomy and don't be too deep or use a cannula. What's the next deep and dangerous area? So going laterally now, it's the entry into the face of the facial artery. So your little mandibular groove here, most people can feel it on themselves. Um, some, quite often you can feel a pulse, either if you've done some exercise, if you're very slim, you can feel it. And that little notch here is a very dangerous place to put a needle. Now, we quite often do put needles on the periosteum just a few centimetres lateral to that. And I've certainly seen terrifying videos of the untrained you know, we're un unregulated, basically doing boluses all the way along and luckily missing it. But if you do block that blood, that blood vessel, that's blood supply to the face on that side. So pretty horrific injury if you were to cause that. How can we avoid not to do boluses? So palpate, you need to understand the shape of the bone and you need to be using your landmark. So if you're on the gonial angle, the actual, the actual angle of the jaw, that's a, for you fairly safe to know that you're not on it because anterior to the master, so you can feel where the master is. If you actually get your patient to bite down, you should feel just anterior to that is where the artery is. And you would never put a needle at that depth at that point. Now you can put, as I said, two or three centimeters laterally where you can feel the angle. You can touch the bone, but as soon as you're going down down the mandible, you're starting to reach the point where you're likely to hit the artery. So palpation and depth. If you do need to add volume there, which sometimes you do, it's gently crossing it with a wide bore cannula. So you want a cannula that's big enough that you can't penetrate a vessel very easily. And you just want to be respect, respectfully nudging your way through the soft tissue there, which will be fat, and you won't be at the level of the bone and adding the volume that you need to carefully. Okay. So our final, I don't know whether it's the worst, have we saved the worst till last? Uh, not really. It's just for completion, really. Okay. So these are the deep temple vessels. So these are the vessels that run on the periosteum um, behind the zygoma and they run up and supply some of the uh, of the, the muscles and the particularly the muscle in the in the temple. So your temporalis muscle. So there are usually two deep temple vessels and they're, they're very different to the superficial temple artery, um, but they're where you might be injecting when you're revolumizing the temple because we're often injecting onto the periosteum. That's the way it was taught. Certainly when I was first trained years ago, it was it, there wasn't a big focus on this area. It was, in fact, I remember a very, very well-known uh, plastic surgeon as training saying, do it tomorrow, it's dead easy, put it in, bolus it. And there, was, there wasn't much focus on that aspirating in those days as well. And someone... Someone did go, there've been a couple of cases of blindness from the temple. Now, the difficulty for me is trying to work out the anatomy. The chances of your deep temple artery being connected to your retina are incredibly low Like to, to do that with filler. There is, in theory, some people have an accessory meningeal artery that might connect via a very circuitous route. But it's not, to be honest, I don't think it's the most likely way um, the blindness occurs. I think the superficial temple artery is much more likely to cause that. And that's because there's the, there are these anastomoses with the supratrochlear artery. And the cases that I've looked at have been all low viscosity products, which fits that they're flying, they're, they're floating through these anastomoses, um, passing through them so that you're, 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 but, but if you're on the bone, you shouldn't be risking the superficial artery. It's more the deep ones. So those deep vessels are connected with the, the maxillary artery which means if you're including them, you're blocking that entire very important artery, which supplies most of the mid-face. 
Okay, so pretty nasty if you got that wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's also worth pointing out that wherever you're doing a bolus of an injection, your risk, the, the size of the, of the damage is going to be much more. And it's always, I always weigh up occlusions in terms of frequency and severity. So something that's infrequent but very severe is, are often the ones we worry about the most. So blindness, for example, big occlusions that affect internal structures are your worst nightmare because they're very hard to reverse. And, and that's what we want to be thinking about. So in terms of the temple, you're injecting high volumes in one spot. If you, if you're putting half a mil in, which is quite common, and that whole half a mil goes into a blood vessel, it's catastrophic. So we need to be doing as many things as we can to avoid that. So most most injectors now are aware of the, I think it's uh, kind of ominously called the, the the bullet hole technique. So you're uh, you're basically bolusing uh, a, a a fairly significant amount on most people, and it's relatively high and lateral. There's a, there's a point often called the swift point, um, after Arthur Swift who taught this first, um, where you can place dermal filler a lot more safely because you're you're superior and and more medial than those deep temple vessels. Don't forget, if you'd like a visual summary of everything we're talking about in the next three episodes of all the dangerous places to inject, to not inject, or to inject more safely, then click on the link below and you can download that as a PDF. And if you got value from this video, please do drop us a like and a comment. We love to see those interactions and hit subscribe so that you're notified when the second and third in our Dangerous Areas series comes out. Thank you for watching. Take care. Bye.